0: Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am joined by my co-host.
1: I'm Jason Harris, comedian, filmmaker, the fourth brother.
0: (laughs) I feel like that could apply to so many different kinds of movies that we could be talking about, but... Overweight Detective with a Fashion Flair? There you go. I could totally see that as your uh, Halloween costume one year.
1: Um, Yeah, that would be a good costume. But the three brothers, very famous. I don't think there are another set of, I mean, I guess the Marx Brothers, but there was more than three of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, there's definitely lots of uh, sets of brothers in various movies is all all I mean. But these brothers are, uh, because we are talking about the films of 1984 in this season, and we have arrived at our foreign film pick, And it is the Hong Kong martial arts movie, Wheels on Meals, starring the three brothers of uh, Hong Kong martial arts cinema in the 1980s, Jackie Chan, Yuen Biao, and Sammo Hung, who also directed this film. And two of those three are quite well known here in the US, but the third one, not so much. Yeah,
1: poor guy. He'll just have to live with his huge amount of fame in Asia and be cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know, (laughs) if you're not famous in America, it doesn't actually count, right? Yeah, is Sammo Hung that famous in America?
1: I mean, we all love martial law. Don't get me wrong, Josh. Right.
0: Well, I think Sammo Hung is is certainly far more famous in America than UN Biao is, is is what I mean.
1: You're right. Uh, And Josh, you almost called it Meals on Wheels, which was the original title, but the um, producer, the production company, Golden Harvest, decided to reverse it because they had... Two movies that started with the letter M that were bombs. So they were like, nah, we're not going to go with the letter M on this one. We're going to go with the W. And it and worked.
0: I guess. It's weird that they didn't just change the title entirely because, of course, <laughs> we, Wheels on Meals makes no, makes no sense. This is absolutely not. It's not relevant. I was waiting for them to somehow reverse what goes on in the food truck to put the truck yeah. on the food, but it never happened. No, no, <laughs> it didn't happen. Yes. So, as you say, this was a very successful film uh, in Asia, which is really the only uh, region where it was released in its initial release Um, in 1984. It grossed $13 million US in Hong Kong, Japan, Taiwan, and South Korea, which was kind of the region for these movies at the time, and was a big part of the golden age. Of Hong Kong action cinema, of which all three of these performers were a major part. Sammo Hung, uh, the director here, Jackie Chan also was a director in that era, and all three of these guys worked together a lot in various capacities, directing, as uh, fight choreographers, as actors, and uh, were hugely important in this rise of Hong Kong cinema.
1: Right, um, you know, and and one thing that should be mentioned is like. It kind of changed, you know, we all know kind of traditional martial arts films, but this kind of using like different type of sound effects or imagery or using the scenery as part of the fights, you know, kind of all pushing forward this um this kind of new revolution of uh of like you said, Hong Kong Kung Fu martial arts cinema.
0: Yeah. And one thing also was that that this movie represents in terms of that cinema reaching beyond Hong Kong is that this movie was shot and takes place in Spain and not in Hong Kong. And so this is these filmmakers being able to branch out. Uh, They're bringing in actors from other countries to play parts, including a couple of big American martial arts champions who show up as bad guys in this movie. So it, it really is, I mean, even if this movie didn't make it to the U.S. or to Europe until a number of years later. It's 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 part of that big push that that came soon afterwards,
1: and it became a trend to kind of shoot these action movies in other countries. Well, one because Hong Kong is not the easiest place to shoot as far as regulations go, but two, these guys were so famous. Like to do some of the things that they did, like those street fights, um, the amount of organization and just keeping people out of their way must have been nearly impossible. Like they were you know, they were huge, huge stars.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously I'm joking about it only being important if you're famous in America. And these guys were, even though we know Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung from stuff that they did many years later that finally made it to the US, these guys were superstars for a long, long time in Hong Kong and in Asia in general, before we really heard about them in the US or before audiences beyond this sort of like core cult audience for martial arts films really heard about these people.
1: I think you're right, my friend.
0: All right. And so of course this is our 1984 season and this movie was released in 1984 overseas, but the best I could tell it wasn't released in the U.S. until a video release in 1998. Um, that's the earliest release date that IMDb has listed for it. That may not be hundred percent correct. And before that, it may have been shown as kind of like a midnight movie or a a repertory showing in certain art house movies, but it didn't get any kind of wide distribution until many years after it was initially released um, in Asia. And that's so much
1: fun. It used to be one of the fun things with video stores and tape trading is finding these, because as we know, this has one of the most famous uh, fights of all time, martial arts fights of all time. So you could see, uh, just w- if you're a fan of this genre, wanting to track this movie down.
0: Right, and I think this is something that probably for those fans, especially in those pre-internet days, that it would have been a word of mouth like, oh my God, have you heard about that fight or have you seen that? And I don't know this for sure, but I could imagine there might've been compilation tapes of great you know, right. martial arts clips and that fight is on there and you see that and you think, wow, what is this from? What I wanna see that whole movie. And so it builds up that reputation to the point where by the time it finally comes out on video and is available to a wider audience, there's this huge anticipation for it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and, you know, we know these movies have a good return on investment, obviously. Um, er, er, the, there's always going to be an audience for this kind of like action. And the stuff that these guys do is so physically impressive, whether you're a fan of it or not, like you you become mesmerized by Watching their
0: movements, yeah, it is pretty amazing. Just as a feat of like athleticism, um, the only award I found for this, it was nominated, but I guess did not win for best action choreography at the Hong Kong Film Awards uh, in I think 1985. You know, after it came out, and this was basically impossible to find any uh, contemporary reviews because, as I said, it wasn't released in the U.S. We didn't have any American film critics reviewing it until many, many years later. So uh, I grabbed a couple of later reviews. I was trying to find reviews as early as possible related to video release or to, uh, you know, these kind of repertory showings. So in 1994, it looks like it was shown, before it came out on video, was shown as a a sort of a one-time showing event in Austin which makes sense, is the kind yeah. of place where these these film fans would live. Richard Linkletter brought it into the film society, Austin <laughs> it, Film Society, right? It could very well have been, or Robert Rodriguez or someone like that. But it did get reviewed in the Austin Chronicle in 1994 uh, by Mark Savlov, who said, Despite its mind-bogglingly goofy title, this 1984 comedy adventure from longtime Jackie Chan cohort Sammo Hung works to good effect never allowing itself to become too bogged down in martial arts set pieces or the long-winded expositional scenes that have cluttered up so many otherwise fine Hong Kong offerings of late. Hung keeps Wheels on Meals moving at a rollicking pace with just enough chan Yun hung action to keep the fisticuffs fans in their place, but also, more importantly, with a lively and sometimes outlandish sense of humor. And I knew that this movie was comedic, but it sort of surprised me how much this movie was like as much, if not more, a comedy as it is in martial arts movies. I think that was a
1: real trend when we're talking about this kind of Hong Kong new wave of martial arts movies to kind of combine, you know, just like we just finished Gremlins, right? And we're talking about this combination of comedy and horror, this kind of uh, comedy and martial arts. Where I'll disagree with the reviewers, I I wanted it to be bogged down with more awesome martial arts. (laughs) You
0: know, so <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the comedy, whether it doesn't translate or it hasn't aged well, or it just isn't my sense of humor, either way, it didn't really work that much for me. The slapsticky stuff, I was not particularly amused by.
1: Yeah, it's very broad and um yeah, whatever, the the, the kind of wordplay jokes I didn't love, but um, I could see some of the physical humor holding up better, but I agree with you. I just want to, you know, g- give, give me the fights, baby.
0: Yeah, and I mean wordplay. Of course, that's one major thing that we don't know how well this is translated, and and I, I don't know about you. This was a discussion that we had before the episode. Is that the the main main available version of this movie in the U.S. is dubbed in English in a not particularly sophisticated manner, and uh, I was able to watch it with subtitles. I don't know how did you end up watching it.
1: Well, I actually it didn't work for me the subtitled way, which you know you found on the internet. Um, So I watched it with subtitles and dubbing on Amazon.com or on Amazon Prime because Amazon.com is a website that you order things from. So I I did have to watch it dubbed, which I think a lot of people uh, upon their first watch when we're talking about tape trading and stuff had to watch it that way. But I did keep the subtitles on to hopefully uh, if there was any kind of, um, you know, disparity, I was able to notice it.
0: Yeah, and I will say having watched the subtitled version that's in Chinese in I believe it's in in Cantonese, as as much as I was sort of advocating before we did this episode for trying to watch the subtitled version, the truth is that it's also dubbed in Cantonese and this movie, because it takes place and was shot in Spain, includes a bunch of Spanish actors and, and as I said, American actors, these martial arts champions, and they're all dubbed into Cantonese. So, uh, And furthermore, Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung and Yuen Biao appear to have dubbed their own lines. Um, and that's not uncommon for movies, especially martial arts movies from this era. So. Um, the English language voice work in that dubbed version may not be great, but as far as like dubbing there, it's, it's, it's all dubbed.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. You know, the thing is, Josh, um, you're talking about actors from all these places and locations and it, it's kind of genius if you think about it, cause this was the time where you were selling territories, right. You know, to make your money, you would pre-sell the territories. And like, um, obviously we know that, like we said, this type of action martial arts film is going to have an audience Uh, Almost anywhere. So now if you're bringing in all these exotic kind of locations and, you know, world champion fighters from other countries, you can probably raise a lot of money more than you would need, you know, and everyone gets paid a nice chunk before this movie comes out.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something we still see, including with Jackie Chan movies, and we can talk about that later, is this weird hodgepodge of international stars who are all not speaking their own native language or being dubbed over in another language, and the movie itself doesn't even have a native language. And it's a weird, weird thing. So the other review that I grabbed was from 2002 uh, from one of the home video releases. John Crewson in the AV Club said, Sam Oh Hung directs this one, and although he's considered one of Hong Kong's greats, this is obviously an early effort. There are too many silly fat-slash-butt-slash-boob jokes, and too many Sam Peckinpah-esque cuts during Chen Biao action scenes that should have been left alone. But Wheels on Meals is still pretty good, mostly because its heart is in the right place. Biao is a decent sidekick, and Chan gets to fight Benny the Jet Orquidez in a match that while it's a fairly conventional bit of asian ass kickage will make your eyes glaze over in disbelief that that is the scene that, that we are kind of referring to there that that's the one the battle that maybe uh would have enticed martial arts fans to want to have seen this whole film
1: yeah i watched it i watched that scene multiple times and it's still like I couldn't tell you that much about it because of how fast and it's incredible. Like it's one of like the, uh, you know, they put something amazing on film. And if you want to knock uh, Sammo Hung, who was one of the major figures of this Hong Kong New Wave and its uh, first, you know, kind of edition of directors, like he made that fight like really, really cinematic. I thought like to keep up, to showcase, you know different close ups and different wides, in the movement. And I thought that worked out really well. Um, Yeah, and um, so, you know, we keep talking about the three brothers, Chan, Hung, and uh, Biao Yen. um, And the three of them, they were classmates at the Peking Opera School. And um, they kind of grew up together. They were all in Enter the Dragon in different roles. And they all kind of worked together in this period For maybe over three years, they did like five or six movies together and became huge together. And we all know they've all had their success on their own with obviously Jackie Chan being just a worldwide phenomenon.
0: Yes, yes, he is. And they still, I I don't know about Yuan Biao, but Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan have continued to work together over many, many years through, I think, fairly recently. Um, and we should mention, and we keep, I keep saying ben, Benny the Jet Urquidez, who was a, an American kickboxing champion, and Keith Vitali is the other American uh, martial arts champion who shows up in this film as one of the henchmen for the ridiculous uh, villain Count Mondale. Um, yeah at least <laughs> as at least that's how he was designated in, in 1984
1: profiles. when Walter Mondale was running for president
0: I guess I don't know I you you have to wonder about these americanized names that they use in here but that's what he's called
1: Um so, yeah but Benny the Jet uh, funny if you look at like his website I think it says he's like 200 and 0 in karate fights and kickboxing and you know that's counting like some amateur fights or Whatever. Like he's got one of the all-time great records, whether it's like according to him or the official statistics. And then the two of those guys, uh, Arquitas and Vitali, like went around Spain while they were shooting to like different martial arts dojos to like test themselves against the best, which is like its own side movie, right? You could make yeah. that as like a blood sport spin-off of some type.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. We should get a documentary on that. Uh, so, so that's, I'm tapped out on reviews. Um, that's the best I could do. Did you have any other, uh, background info you want to mention on this? Uh, we mentioned golden
1: harvest, which, um, has released so many of the movies in these genres. We kind of went over the history of the three brothers. Um, I did it. yeah, five movies in three years together. And, um, that's, that's it, man. I think, uh, look, the, neither of us are experts in this genre, so it's good for us to really take a look at it.
0: Yeah, I definitely would say I'm not an expert and and I would I would even go further than that and I would say that that just as a as a caveat on this that martial arts movies are probably my least favorite genre of narrative film, um, but doing my best to give it a chance. Um so I certainly had not seen this although I've I've seen other Jackie Chan movies. And I assume, Jason, you hadn't seen this, but how familiar were you? Have you seen other Jackie Chan Yeah,
1: movies? I saw, I mean, I've seen a lot of Jackie Chan movies, but all, all from like that point of rumble in the Bronx on where they kind of pushed him over to America to make him a star. So going back to this is fun for me. Um, I think we'll probably have similar um, critiques and also high points of it. But um, as you know, when we kind of were planning the season, this is one I wanted us to cover. And I think, um, it was a good call. It is a good call for us to cover it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And as much as I say, like, this is not my genre, it is obviously a hugely important genre and influential and it continues to be. So I think it's definitely good that we're taking a look at this. Uh, Dave, are you a martial arts guy?
2: Not particularly, but I always had fun. You know, once Jackie Chan had his moment in the late nineties and all that, I, I had a lot of fun with those movies and I had not heard of this one until now. And I had fun with it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll come back then in a moment and talk about our general thoughts on Wheels on Meals. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year. In this episode of our season on the films of 1984, we're talking about our foreign film pick, which is Sammo Hung's martial arts film, wheels on meals. And uh, as I alluded to before, I'm not really a martial arts fan. So Jason, you can start. What did you think was the, what was your favorite thing about this movie?
1: Oh, that fight that we talked about. And it's not just that fight. It's the last 15 minutes of this movie where um, it's kind of what I, I get it. You can't pace an entire movie like that because your head will explode as an audience member, but you do at certain points you, you really want to get into the meat of this. And like those guys are also physically incredible with their bodies. And also, like you said, Vitaly and uh, Benny, the jet, right? Like Arkita. So, you know, all of those fights at the end, whether it was uh, Jackie Chan and Benny, the jet, which was the longest and um, kind of the most impressive, but then you had, um, Yun Biao fighting Vitaly, I think, right. Uh, on the, in like, um, uh, I like a kitcheny area, I guess you would call it, where you know they're using the table and the chairs, and then there's a fencing scene uh, with Count Mondale and Sammo Hung, and that that's really good. That fencing scene, I think. Uh, Sammo Hung can
0: move for a big boy, can he? Yeah, he can. I think that was that became kind of one of his trademarks is that people looked at him and he seemed like he was the. the and they play that up here as he's the private detective. He's kind of this bumbling figure. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he wears all this. Everyone really in this movie wears very loud '80s outfits. I love the style. Of, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I figured that you would. Um, but but I mean, especially Sam Ohung. Really, they play up his goofiness, and then suddenly he moves. And even though in the plot of the movie he keeps saying, his character keeps saying, oh, I'm not as, you know, limber or I'm not like you guys referring to the other Jackie Chan and Yuan Biao characters who are much more uh, athletic and certainly thinner. But when it comes time for him to step up, he, he brings it just like they do. So yeah, I, I was impressed. That whole fin- that finale, which is at Count Mondale's castle, um, that I assume they shot at some castle in Spain. There's some really impressive just feats of athleticism. I love the bit where Jackie Chan climbs up the wall by just alternating these two like planks or something that he's grabbed and he puts them in the the spaces between the stones in the wall and jumps up and then yeah. and then it's it's a slapstick bit. He finally gets to the top and he gets bonked on the head by a baseball.
1: But uh <laughs> that is a that is like uh I guess you would call it uh, you know. An element you see in a lot of Jackie Chan movies is like him scaling walls in very like incredible ways, and him like climbing down walls in equally as incredible ways. But I agree with you; like that whole sequence is where it like really shifts into overdrive. There was also a scene Josh at a dance club where they don't really dance, and they kind of are trying to play a joke on Sammo Hung, which is not doesn't translate well. But all three of them are wearing just such fantastic windbreakers <laughs> that it's like, it's almost like the top of the top of members only jackets. Like you just let it all go.
0: Yeah, the fashion. And I think that's part of the comedy here, too, uh, is the way that these guys dress. Even though it is, is f- like fashionable for the 80s, I think they're really playing it up.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, and and the, the plot is weird. Uh, Sam O'Hung gets hired as a protect. Uh, so, first of all, can we say what a delight? That he has taken over the detective agency from Stanley's Bornack Dorothy's husband from the Golden Girls. Is that, is that who that actor was? Yeah, of course, man. I recognized him right away, and I wanted yeah. him to say, "Dorothy, come on,
0: babe, give me another chance." I would have loved <laughs> to hear him say that in Cantonese, because that's how I heard that character when I watched it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I. That's why I said I tried to watch it two ways, and, yeah, uh, just to hear. But he was dubbed over, you know. But, right. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Um, and he takes over and then he gets this mysterious assignment to find this woman who we think is a hooker, but she's not a hooker. She's a pickpocket. And then she kind of takes the money from Jackie Chan and uh, Young Biao. And then but they still like her. And it's it's very convoluted and crazy and weird. And there's a dad in a mental hospital that's Kind of relevant, but much, very well, much not relevant. You know, so. he's he's
0: in, he's in love with the 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 main female character Sylvia. He's in love with her mother Gloria, who turns out to have been the sister ra-
1: of Mondale.
0: No, see, this is a question of like how is thing are things translated because in the version I watched, she Gloria was raped by Mondale's brother who was the original count. And he has has died. And now Sylvia is his heir if she can show up in time. But Count Mondale wants to take all the money. And so he is trying to kill Sylvia.
1: And 84, as we have pointed out before, definitely lighthearted about rape.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a very, very weird scene when they reveal all of this. And the plot is as you say, is very convoluted, but also ultimately, like, not Irrelevant. at all important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were there were multiple pieces that, because as I, was, as I was trying to find reviews, I found a lot of, you know, contemporary commentary on this from the last couple of years, especially because, sadly for us, we had difficulty in watching this, but if we lived in the UK, there was a great, like, multi-aspect, like, the uh, blu-ray release of this that came out last year with like multiple translations and bonus features and all this stuff that sadly is not available to us here um but so many commentaries on the movie from that time said as they start to kind of explain the plot or talk about the the translation like it doesn't matter you could just watch it without any like watch it in cantonese with no subtitles and it doesn't make <laughs> I, doesn't make a difference i
1: agree <laughs> i actually agree with that and and I, I don't, i'm not trying to be insulting but like it's the fights and the visuals. And like I said, like, yeah, fine, the comedy. And I'm a big comedy fan, but some of it works, some of it doesn't. But it's the visuals, it's the fashion, and it's the fights for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think, however, that the comedy is so prevalent in the first half of the movie, and a lot of it is wordplay. It's it's the back and forth between um, David and Thomas, the main characters as they're referred to here, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is not their names. Um, but it's their, it's their interplay and the kind of jokiness and especially when they don't, they misunderstand who Sylvia is and whether she's a hooker and and the stuff with the dad and the mental institution and all the crazy, like literally crazy, but also wacky people in there, the guy who thinks he's a clock and uh, stuff like that. That was not a good bit. No, no, it's terrible. It's 100% <laughs> terrible, but it's it's very important. And there's long stretches where there is no fighting at all and just a bunch of really dumb comedy. And so I, I disagree that you you could get as much out of this. You'd, you'd be totally bored and lost during long stretches of this movie if you didn't know what they were saying.
1: Okay. I mean, honestly, like if you wanted my review, it would be like, watch the first 15 minutes in the last half hour. And like, if you decide to fast forward in between, I'm really not going to fault you. But check
0: out the
2: jackets. The jackets are great. I'm over here laughing to myself because uh, I laughed at a lot of that dumb shit humor. Yes, like, tell throughout us. The tell first us. Hour. I, I thought so much of it. It's so stupid and so like kind of childish almost. But it was like I was laughing because it was just so bad and so like over the top and ridiculous. And I, I don't know. I think that's what I like the most about this movie, though, is the fact that it goes from being just so ridiculous and so silly. To then, like you guys have been talking about, some just absolutely incredible stunt work and the fights and all that stuff. And it's like, it's just such a strange tone that it just really makes it a unique movie, I think, for me.
1: I do think you, like if we were stoned, that some of that would have played better.
2: I think you're right about that,
0: and I think that's probably how a lot of American audiences watched this movie for the first time in the '80s and '90s when they were discovering it in this sort of underground way. And but I think Dave, one of the things that you point out is, is that's interesting—the idea of this, the humor being childish—and I think these characters are portrayed almost as childlike. They're very sure. naive, and even when they're sort of like attracted to Sylvia. It's in this very like desexualized way. Um, and, and when there's a, like when a, the hooker at one, a, a, different, <laughs> a different hooker <laughs> kind of <laughs> makes an offer to them, they're like, totally freaked out. Like, oh my God, lady wants to have sex. We better run away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I also saw more than one uh, letterbox commentary about the uh, potential homoerotic relationship between those two characters, especially in the opening scene where they're in, where the, there's, the joke is like they're in two bedrooms, but then they walk across and it's obviously just one room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh,
1: I know <laughs> I disagreed with you in a recent episode about homoerotic undertones. And a film. Which film was that? Do you remember? Uh,
0: Street, Streets of Fire.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this
0: one, I totally agree with you. I,
1: <laughs> I'm i 100% like, you know, like they all like they both kind of want to date her or marry her, but neither want to have sex with her. Because like at one point, she even says like, which one of you wants to go first makes no difference to me. And we don't know what she's getting at at that point. But they're like. Nah, we're good. We're going to bed, you know, and everything. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but hey, awesome! I'm all for it, man. Let let two gay Hong Kong action stars in the '80s, like amazing. Let's do it.
0: Yes, fun homoeroticism in this movie. And yeah, you know, I mean, I we're talking about all the good things. I, I will say just just to to sort of give my perspective on on martial arts films. And I realize this is not why people watch these movies, but as as much as I can appreciate like sort of intellectually the difficulty of these moves and the fact that that fight between uh, Jackie Chan and Benny the Jet is is a, a feat of of athletic prowess and everything. I was bored as hell watching that fight, and I was ready for it to stop. Like. And maybe this is because I'm not, I don't watch sports. I wouldn't watch like a martial arts tournament, even if those people were amazing at martial arts. And it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Well, this is
1: like, you know, that on, you know, overdrive all hyped up on performance enhancing drugs. You're never going to see like a fight like that. You know, this pace is like unreal. Um, And I mean, Josh, you also got to give it credit. Like I said, the way that it's filmed. He does a very good job of filming those those fight sequences.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think I can give it credit and I can intellectually understand that it's it's an impressive accomplishment. But at the same time, I was only marginally more interested in the movie when they were fighting than I was when they were making dumb jokes.
1: And I, on the Mm -hmm. other hand, was like way interested in the fighting and the dumb jokes kind of wore on me very quickly. Dave... What about you? You like the dumb jokes? Did you care for the fighting?
2: I I liked both. I liked both. And and I'm I'm the kind of person when it comes to action movies because action movies typically are not my thing, whether it's martial arts or like regular you know Hollywood blockbuster action. But uh, it, I don't really like just straight on fighting fighting. But once you start adding in acrobatics and using tables and chairs and like you know all kinds of whatever they can throw at the screen. That's when I start to like get into a fight scene and there's plenty of that in that fight scene in this movie. So that's why I like
1: it. It's incredible that fight scene, even if you don't want to watch the movie, look up that fight scene. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it, it
0: it is. And I mean, and I agree with you, Dave, that I think the more that they can sort of change things up and, and add those creative elements, the more I'll be, it'll hold my interest. And I guess I feel mm-hmm. like there just wasn't quite enough of that here for me. Mm-hmm. But, and Jason, I know, for example, like Jason, you're a big fan of Scott Adkins. In uh, who's sort of the martial arts uh, B movie star of the moment, and and you and I have watched some of his movies together, and I've watched some of his other movies, and I I kind of feel the same way. I watch something like that, and I'm like, this guy is really good at what he does, but I'm kind of bored.
1: Yeah, I do like B movie B action movies, but I really like the ones where it's like taken from zero to sixty in the first eight minutes, and it never slows <laughs> down. Right? Maybe there's right. like one scene in the middle where like the two of them uh have a shower and they're like you're cut up badly so are you cool i'll watch your back you know or whatever and then, and then they fight again but um no it's um there's a lot of different uh varieties of subgenres within this genre so i liked it but yeah i didn't like it
0: <laughs> you liked it but you didn't like it
1: no i mean i know what i liked about it and i and yeah. I would be happy to watch more of them. And I'm way happy to watch more Scott Adkin movies. And, you know, we know Jean-Claude Van Damme had a, had a run here and all these guys. So uh, it's all good. But nobody it, does what Jackie Chan does physically. None, of, Even I think the other two of the three brothers would say, like, his physicality is above and beyond.
0: Yeah, it is amazing. And um, as we talked about, or I think we were talking about beforehand, like, Jackie Chan movies often will have these outtakes in the credits where you see just ex- like how crazy it is. Because you watch the movie and you maybe assume, oh, there was some trickery in there or something like that. But then you look at those outtakes and you realize, no, he's really doing all that stuff and he screwed it up and and he could have died.
1: Yeah, and they, and they have a rule that even if you hurt him, you're not allowed to call cut. You have to wait till the director calls cut. But I think in one sequence, Keith Vitale like kicked him in the throat and actually stopped the scene. Because he knew he could like have killed him and then like they all yelled at him for stopping the scene (laughs) but um hey josh it's pretty cool like i was thinking about it right because this is the 80s right so it's you know schwarzenegger stallone bruce willis let's say right can you imagine if the three of them did five movies together in three years and you know the amount of box office and prestige and hype Um, it would have been like the three of them buying a restaurant called planet Hollywood. No, I'm just But it's a, it's a big deal that what these guys did, they, they really left a legacy together and separately.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, and the, the, the level of stardom that they had in the eighties in, in Hong Kong and in Asia was certainly comparable to those guys, those Americans that you just mentioned. I do want to ask Jason as a food critic. What did you think of the fancy, sophisticated food truck that these characters I mean, on? don't get me
1: wrong. I appreciate a nice throw. Uh, yeah, you know what you're talking about. What Josh is talking about is there's like kind of like electric buttons open up windows and push this to do that. And it's, it's kind of funny because uh, Jackie Chan is in a car not too dissimilar to that in uh, the Cannonball Run in 1983 where, you know, the, push this and the car does this. Speak bork, bok bork, right? But um, as a fan of the throwback nineteen uh, fifties era, Josh, I wouldn't mind. You know, there were roller skating waitresses. Uh, it would be fun to get your meal on a wheel, and in this case, that being a skateboard.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a nineteen eighties movie without skateboarding.
1: Hey, <laughs> it did have a classic eighties montage too, with the two of them and um and uh, the and Sylvia like kind of all like getting together and doing some training and like. Being on the beach and like you know some wacky hijinks—that was a pretty great '80s montage.
0: That it was, and uh, Lola Forner is the name of the actress, the Spanish actress who played Sylvia. We should mention who also was in, I believe, one or two other Jackie Chan movies. Um, And she she's kind of she doesn't really have a lot to do except look pretty and smile at them. But you know she does that well enough. Look,
1: we're we're focusing on the positives. We've already explained the negatives of this one, so.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: um, it has earned its place. It made me want to watch more to see, like, what the differences are. And I did. I went and watched Police Story after this, and I kind of felt the same way, which is the first 15 minutes are incredible, and the last 25 minutes are incredible. And the rest of it, it was like, meh, don't care about the comedy. Meh, don't care about these relationships. Just get me these awesome stunts that I can keep in my head for a while.
0: Yes. I haven't seen Police Story, but we'll talk more about uh, other Jackie Chan movies uh, in the next segment. But before that, do we want to rate this out of five uh, bright yellow food trucks?
1: Oh, oh well, let's do it uh, out of cool windbreakers,
0: Josh. Oh, yeah, remember Jason, only you, Josh. Love, the, you right. love the windbreakers. Yeah. yeah. So how
1: many, how many windbreakers? Uh, it gets two and a half for me. And it's not like two and a half where like, I love it or I hate it. It gets two and a half solely because of the awesome fights.
0: Yeah, I can can only muster two stars for this. Like I said, honestly, this is not my genre. I was mostly not engaged with this movie, but I I respect the effort. Dave, uh, how many cool windbreakers will you like to give this? I'm going with
2: three cool windbreakers,
0: guys. All right, Dave, the biggest fan. I feel like we've had multiple movies this season where we're kind of like, eh, and Dave is all on. Hey, if we were the
1: three brothers, who would be who?
0: Well, I mean... Do we really need to talk about who would be Sam Ohung here? Oh, because <laughs> you're saying I'm the fattest. But Josh, what about my charisma? Don't you think?
1: I that mean, would put Sam me Hung is, Ch-
0: is very charismatic. Sam Hung had lots of. I, the, uh, you know, sure. the one more thing that I feel like we have to talk about is Sam Hung's Jerry curl. I did not I loved it. I forgot <laughs> to mention that, but that was that was brilliant. Yeah, no, he he's fun. He's fun. That Sam Hung. That he is. Uh, so we'll come back in a moment and we'll talk about the legacy of Wheels on Meals. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year. In this episode of our season on the films of 1984, we've been talking about our foreign film pick, Wheels on Meals. And as we said, this is a movie that didn't really reach the U.S. Uh, for quite a while, um, but it is certainly an important building block in the eventual superstardom internationally of Jackie Chan, which which continues. I've I've reviewed two. Very bad Jackie Chan movies uh, in just the past month or so. Tell um, us about rep-
1: those, please. Uh,
0: well, and I think they, these these are movies that represent exactly what we were talking about earlier, which is this sort of hodgepodge of international like production and financing to throw that they throw together so that these movies can play in so many different countries. But what ends up happening is that it's just a mush of nonsense. And one was this movie Vanguard, which is a Chinese production that Jackie Chan has a a fairly decent-sized role in. But Jackie Chan, we uh, have to mention also, is sixty-six years old now, and is definitely not as you know limber and active as he used to be. So this is a movie where he mainly plays like the boss of the younger characters who do most of the fighting. Um, But it's just it doesn't it doesn't have what what Wheels on Meals have and what a lot of those early Jackie Chan movies have, which is this. Highlight of his actual physical prowess is just full of terrible CGI and explosions and gun battles that are chaotic and that you can barely keep track of. And it's set; it's a Chinese production, but none of it's set in China. It was shot; it's in London, and then it's in Africa, and it's in Dubai. And it's clear that they're like, okay, we gotta sell this. You know, we're gonna sell this in China because we have all these Chinese stars. But, you know, let's see if we can sell it in Europe and let's see if we can sell it in the Middle East. That's the
1: model. That seems to be the model for a lot of these movies, Josh.
0: Yeah. And this is a movie that and it was like it just came out here in the U.S. recently uh, and didn't really do any business. And even in China, it was kind of a failure where Jackie Chan is still like a massive, massive star. The other Jackie Chan movie I saw this year is a movie that he has an even smaller role in, which is a a Russian and Chinese co-production called Iron Mask, which is just utter nonsense. Um, that's a sequel to some other Russian movie that no like no one outside of Russia really has seen and is, is uh, stars. Again, it's got Jackie Chan. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it's got uh, Jason Fleming, who's really the main star of it, who's a British actor, and uh, a Chinese actress whose name I can't remember now, who's sort of the main co-star of his. And takes place partly in China so they could get Chinese financing and everyone is dubbed. Some of whom are dubbing themselves like Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan and some of whom are not. And it's just, again, it's like, it's full of all this junk CGI and it's like in, in attempting to make this movie for as many markets as possible, they have made a movie for no
2: one. That's the future of movies.
1: Is he still doing, <laughs> cause I can't, he can't be doing that. At, like you're saying, like, what is the marketability of Jackie Chan without that physicality? Like, yes, he's very likable, this and that, but it really like, so what are the action sequences? It's just BS is what
0: you're saying? Um, yeah, I mean, in Iron Mask in that, in that Russian movie, he's really barely in it. And he, I don't know that he does any act. He's mostly like an old prisoner who's chained up for like 90% of his scenes. But he does have a lot of on-screen charisma. And that's a movie where, and an Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it, Um, who is also in his, I think he's even older than Jackie Chan and can't move like he used to. But there is one big fight scene between Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're all kind of lumbering about uh, and it's not in any way good. But you can still see that these guys have charisma and they have way more charisma than anyone else in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. In
0: Vanguard, he actually does do some stunts and Vanguard has those outtakes at the end, although a lot of them don't feature Jackie Chan. But there's one big set piece where they're like it's like a rushing river and they have to like uh, escape out of these boats before they go over a waterfall and a bunch of bad guys are shooting at them. And apparently Jackie Chan like almost drowned when he was shooting that scene. So even now at his, this age, he's still taking those risks. So Yeah,
1: I think the last Jackie Chan movie that I liked and and, I, and I, what I liked about it was there was very maybe no comedy. And it was a little more grizzled. Was that movie The Foreigner? From a few years ago where he gets framed, which he often does, I think, you know, and like he kind of has to like hide out in the woods and then beat up everyone who comes to the woods or something like that. Like I remember being in the movie theater and being like, this isn't everything it could be, but this is as close as I'm going to get to what I want anymore with this.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting, weird movie where they're trying to turn him into almost like a later day Liam Neeson kind of role. Yes. Um hmm. And, and it's really not, it's, it's, uh, Pierce Brosnan is like the real star of that movie as sort of the conflicted, I don't remember the whole politician.
1: Time. Yeah. He's a politician out here. It's coming back to me, but that was kind of a fun one. I thought. So, yeah,
0: no, it was an interesting, I feel like I admired the effort there, even if it didn't, if he didn't quite pull it off. And, and sadly, I haven't seen a lot of those, you know, you mentioned watching police story, which I've never seen. And a lot of those earlier Jackie Chan movies where he really established his, Greatness and his presence. I mean, I've seen a lot of. If I've seen Jackie Chan movies, they've mostly been the, the like terrible American movies he made, like the tuxedo with Jennifer Love Hewitt, kind of like yeah. <laughs> movies that no one should see. But um, but Josh, let me
1: jump in there real fast because like when he first became, when they first brought him over as a star over here, they were still bringing over those movies that were like made elsewhere in Chinese and then they dubbed them into English. So like Rumble in the Bronx is awesome. Um, I if I remember, I love that one. Uh, so when I was watching Police Story, which is kind of like this classic era, uh, Jackie Chan, my daughter walked in and she's seven and she got so into like the last few action sequences that we watched Jackie Chan's First Strike last night. And that was another one where, like, I think that's really like an, a police story, you know, disguised as like a new movie or something. And it's kind of fun. And like, the, even she was like, oh, this like the jokes are kind of lame and like when are the fights, but every time there was a fight and especially that last half hour, there's like underwater fights and this and that, like she was so into it. So look, we know the formula and we, you know, it's obviously worked. And um, yeah, she loves those outtakes at the end, which as you said, uh, show how Jackie Chan gets injured. Like in, in first take, he was using the ladder. That's that famous ladder fight. But it's not just him, it's that, uh, and we should, this goes to the legacy also, he had the Jackie Chan stunt team with all these guys working, and a lot of them were full-time for a while doing stunts, and both Sammo Hung and Biao Biao Young also had their own stunt teams at one point.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jackie Chan is like an industry in China. I mean, he is, as I mentioned, he actually was in the he was a member of the Chinese government at one point. like Not just like when we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was the ambassador for the presidential f- physical fitness or something. Like Jackie Chan was in the equivalent of like- So was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was governor of California, dude. Well, that's true. That's a very good point. But I mean, before that, he was uh, the sort of honorary designation. And I think a lot of uh, famous people get that. So yeah, Jackie Chan has that. I mean, he's, he's a singer. That one thing in that that Vanguard movie that came out this year, he sings the theme song. Um, and he's oh, like, I love yeah, that. He's not, he's not bad at it, actually. Um, I mean, yeah. it's it's in Chinese, so I didn't understand. He it,
1: sang so in uh, First Strike, you know, and everything. Yeah. Like
0: that, so. so I mean, he really is like a a, a national treasure there in China. Sam Ohong, as we mentioned, did kind of briefly enter into the American audience. He was uh, the star of the CBS uh, TV series Martial Law alongside Arsenio Hall that lasted for a couple seasons and he made a, a few like american tv appearances around that time but he seems to have kind of soured on his american experience and after martial law ended he went back to making movies in hong kong and in china and has not come back to the us since then even though he works pretty steadily
1: yeah and he is a major figure of the as a director you know, of this movement. So, um, you yeah. know, Jackie Chan directed a lot of these movies, too, which is kind of
0: great. Right. Cool. right. That's what I'm saying. I think there was like a they, all these guys kind of worked in different combinations on different films right. behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Right.
1: It's like, I'll direct and you'll be my action coordinator. And, you know, they really, really had a tight knit industry, the three of them together.
0: Yeah. And uh, and Yuan Biao also uh, worked uh, pretty steadily. I he, It looked like he didn't have any on screen credits since 2016. But he's been in a ton of Chinese and Hong Kong movies uh, over the decades, even though he never made that kind of crossover to the, the wider international audience. And Benny the Jet still works as a stunt coordinator on various uh, films, although I don't know when the last time was he was in a movie.
1: Yeah. Um, Josh, a few things. I know I call him Biao Yun sometimes, so I apologize for that. No, it's uh, okay. I
0: mean, it's one of those things where he's credited both ways because you know the, the Chinese, the surname is sometimes put first. Depending on how people credit it,
1: two things here, Josh. Uh, Sammo Hung, I read, was like the the sole force of bringing of bringing the genre Jiangxi to film, which is um, came from literature and comics, I guess, about a reanimated corpse controlled by Taoist priests, which I think mm-hmm. is a big subgenre in China. I don't know much about it, but like for the fact that he brought it. Like, or is solely responsible is a pretty cool thing,
0: you know? Yeah, so. I don't, I'm not familiar with any of those movies, and I really only know Sammo Hung for martial arts films, so that's something to explore. Yeah, and then,
1: look, uh, the the first movie in this uh, kind of partnership, I think, was Project A, which uh, came out the year before. And I think that won that kind of Hong Kong action award you were talking about earlier. But there was a video game based on this film, called, which is called Kung Fu Master, and it sold like $121 million worth of video games throughout the world. It was called Spartan X in some places. So, I mean, these guys, like uh, like we said, they're their own industry and um, pretty cool. Uh, if you're wondering what the name of this movie is in uh, Chinese, it's uh, Kwai Ken che.
2: Kung Fu Master is based on this movie? Uh, yeah, but, I was gonna say, Dave, I know as a video game guy, have you, have you played that game? It's like one, That's one of the best games of all time. That That was called Kung Fu, I believe on Nintendo. It was like one of those games everyone who had a Nintendo Entertainment System had.
0: Oh, there you go. So, well, yeah, I mean yeah. it's and it's funny that like at that time, probably all those Americans were playing that video game, but none of them had seen or even heard of this movie. Wow. <sighs> Sorry, Dave. Maybe you should do your own My, research.
2: Mind blown, guys.
0: There you go. Well, if we can we can blow Dave's mind, that is really what
2: we're can going I to. can I raise this a star?
0: Uh, you you feel free to do whatever you
2: like,
1: you know, but Josh, I mentioned how these guys were all classmates at the Peking opera schools. And like, it was kind of like, it's China. So you're kind of like set into whatever school you're in. Like you're going to be a plumber and you're going to be a lawyer. And these guys got into performance school or were, Put into performance school and it's supposed to be incredibly rigorous like the amount uh you're up at 5 a.m and you're doing these exercises and you're training your body and obviously you're training as an actor but also as a um not just as a voice actor as a physical actor and it's pretty cool that like they were able to come out like that and you know build their entire industry together you know that that's a very interesting thing
0: yeah, I mean, they, they were put on that path and they really uh, made the most of it, certainly, um, all of them. So that is Wheels on Meals and that is this episode of Awesome Movie Year. You can follow us on social media.
1: You can. I'm Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. Go for Jason.com. That website needs some translating and uh, dubbing and other fixes. <laughs> Uh, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. AwesomeMovieYear.com. Very basic but easy to... Check
0: out. I am at joshbellhateseverything.com, at joshbellhateseverything on Facebook, and at signal bleed on Twitter. And you can listen to our producer, David Rosen's awesome podcast, Piecing It Together.
2: Check out Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at piecingpod. And don't forget about our popcorn and puzzle pieces Facebook group where we talk about all kinds of movies. And I'd love to have a thread about Jackie Chan movies. I bet that would be a fun, lively one.
1: And Dave, I might actually bring that up in there because like I said, my daughter is uh, really getting into these and I would love to find more uh, movies uh, in the Kung Fu genre genre that uh, Jackie Chan or not, that are appropriate for a a child of her age.
0: Yeah. I think people could definitely uh, educate us on some of that genre there and we look forward to it. So, Jason, what do we have in our next episode?
1: Josh, we move from three karate legends or kung fu legends to a karate legend or two karate legends, if you want the truth. It's my pick, Josh, 1984, The
0: Karate Kid. (laughs) Wow. Well, we'll see if we can sustain that excitement. So tune in next time for The Karate Kid. And thanks
2: for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts.
0: An All Points West production produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.